What is up, everybody? I'm Charlie Witkowski. That's Nick Veronica, and this is the Process Podcast. Thank you for tuning in once again. We got a great show on tap for you guys tonight. Uh, first, we're going to talk a, lot, a little bit of Buffalo Bills, uh, some offseason free agency, quick dive into what the Bills may do in free agency coming up. Obviously, we got to talk about J.J. Watt. A lot of news circling J.J. Watt this week, so we're going to dive into that. And, of course, unfortunately to Nick's uh, – I guess Nick's pain here. We're going to talk some Sabres. Everyone's um, pain. Have you have you watched their games? This is everyone's pain. Sabres Twitter right now is a dark place. Oh, <laughs> dark, dude, dark place. Like, just really bad vibes. Like weird vibes. Like we are, we, we meaning people who still force themselves to watch Buffalo Sabres hockey. Just just like accepting, like, we, like we've accepted our lot in, in life basically with this team. Mm-hmm. We are, maybe going to watch this team play horrible and ruin superstars uh, basically from now until forever, it, it seems like. And we're, you know, there was a time where we were angry and mm-hmm. um, that time has passed. Let me tell you, we are uh, just full. It's a dark, dark was the right word. Uh, just a dark place. So um, yeah. I, lo- I love the jokes. The snark has been pre- pretty high, but uh, you just, just, Really bad self-depreciating jokes, even just it's, it's it's ugly out there. Ugly. Yeah, it's it's starting to get up to like, you know, Bill's uh Bill's drought. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I made that point to my brother the other day. So like like we are in peak drought years right here, and it's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing because mm-hmm. it's so easy to make the playoffs in hockey. Mm-hmm. All right. Football, like you have to be you know, you can sneak in with eight and eight in some years, but generally you have to be, I mean, they, they just take fewer teams. It's just math and hockey. You have like the half of the league makes the playoffs and the Sabres have the NHL's longest playoff drought. And listen, let me tell you, um, I had this conversation with my brother, Josh. So shout out Josh here. The Buffalo bills during their playoff drought, at least gave you things to hope on and at least made it sort of exciting. Okay. They still, even though EJ Manuel ended up being lousy, they still drafted a quarterback in the first round. They still had Ryan Fitzpatrick. They had some incredible defenses. They had, like, the, you know, there was, we knew it was probably not going to work out, but like there was something. The Sabres have been equally sucky for like a decade straight, okay? There's absolutely no change. Jack Eichel is being wasted just like every other year he's been here. They can't score, they can't defend. We've watched the same. The Sabres have been consistently like a bottom five hockey team for a decade straight with absolutely no, like they are flatlined. All right. The drought was interesting. That was, it was heart wrenching. There was ups and downs and there was, you know, drop passes with Stevie Johnson. Blame God. There was, uh, there was the loss to the Steelers in week 17. There was like things happened in the Sabres. This is a lost decade of Sabres hockey. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into more of the saber stuff. And I, I have my my own say about Jack Eichel, uh, which we'll get into when we talk some sabers. But let, let's talk happy things right now, Nick. There's happy. there's too much sad stuff going on in the world of Buffalo sports right now. Let's talk about some happy stuff, and that is the Buffalo Bills getting into the offseason. First things first, the NA, the NFL came out today and said that they're going to raise the cap uh, salary cap from 175 million to 180 million. So that only puts Buffalo currently $2 million over the cap. Now, there's a lot of ways for them to get uh, back under the cap. Uh, one, of those, one of those ways is by uh, Lee Smith retiring, which it sounds like he is going to do. Um, so that is going to save them about $2 million right there and bring them back to even. Um, but there, there's also some other guys that they could cut. And and when, once we get into more of a positional – dive into free agency we'll definitely start breaking all those guys down but really nick what i want to focus on there's some big names that have been released you know other than just jj watt i want to talk to you about what you think buffalo may do at an early outlook right now at free agency obviously we know edge rusher is a need mm-hmm. we know tight end i would think is 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 a need at some point because really behind dawson knox you have no one you can go out and draft somebody um, yeah, Brandon Bean's comments about tight end were actually kind of eye-opening to me because he usually doesn't say too much, and he actually, in his end-of-the-year presser, did indicate that tight end is definitely an area that they want want more production from. That was interesting. Yeah, I, I thought so too. I don't think Dawson Knox is terrible, but I feel like you get 
a I don't know if you talk about a sugar high uh Josh Allen. You get a sugar high Dawson Knox at times too. <laughs> he's, and, he's insane though. He'll make this ridiculous play and then drop a wide open one. Like I don't understand that. It's like me playing flag football. <laughs> anyway, he uh yeah, I, I mean Dawson Knox does a lot of good, but I feel like you can still always improve at that position, especially when it's a position where your quarterback took a huge step this year and you're trying to uh continue to get your quarterback to progress and not regress. And one way to do that is to bring in a good pass catching tight end, uh, who may or may not be named Zach Ertz, who may be getting released and or traded for. But let's focus on that defense first, because we know linebacker right is a need. Matt Milano, we don't know what the status of Matt Milano is going to be. Um, I have a crazy feeling Matt Milano is going to be playing in the AFC East next season, whether it's with Buffalo or not. Um, but I feel like he'll end up somewhere in the AFC East, maybe Miami, maybe the Jets. They have a lot. Of, both teams have a lot of cap space. Um, and and I, I I think you need to d- discuss what they're going to do on that D line. Obviously, you talk about a guy like JJ Watt, but is JJ Watt the right fit for this D line? You know. Um, but all in all, Nick, let, let's start out yeah, first. Let's go right into JJ. Actually, you want to go right into JJ? Let's go yeah, right into JJ. Okay. Talk to me when you say is he the best fit. What do you actually mean by that? So JJ Watt is on the negative side of 30 right he's not the <laughs> the, the i say that because you know you and i are 30 you know ish and it's, it's it's crazy to think to say that someone's on the negative side of 30 and he's only 32 i think but at the same time that's really when you start to make that regress in the nfl unless your name's tom brady and jj watt i feel like yes jj watt two years ago would have been a great fit on the team he would have been a mario williams uh, caliber type of type of player that you just take to a steakhouse and you lock him in there and you don't let him leave till he signs his contract. But at the same time, JJ Watt played 16 games for the first time in in many many years this season, and he didn't have a real productive season. And I know that that team wasn't the best team, but in my opinion, when you have a player like JJ Watt who has talked about the way that JJ Watt has talked about constantly in this league. You have to expect a guy like him to come out and do more than just five sacks in 16 games and to play all 16 games, especially a guy that, that has the competitive motor that J.J. Watt has. Um, but I feel like there's so many other options potentially out there for them where maybe they could save some money. You know, the rumor right now going around is that he's asking for about $17.5 million. If that's the asking price on J.J. Watt, I'm good. See you later. I'll, next in line. Uh, what are your thoughts on on, on yeah. salary and and so, him as a so, player? Yeah, let me just follow up with you. So your your concern is more the the salary caps number or the performance or both? Both, both. Salary cap. I, I'm not paying a 32 year old, 30 30 whatever year old defensive end, um, who who in my opinion is on the downward side of his peak. Uh, seventeen and a half million dollars. I don't care how good he is. I'm not paying him seventeen million dollars. Yeah, 17, 17's huge. It kind of, it's always weird to me when we're talking about free agency and the, the, the salary cap in any sport, uh, well, at least sports that have salary caps, are just making people, you know, thinking of, thinking of ways they can concoct to convince themselves why people should take less money than they're worth. And that, that just sucks to think about because they go, oh, well, we don't want J.J. Watt at 17 million, but, you know, we take him at, I don't know, 14, like, I don't know. Like, should the guy be able to get whatever he wants? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should he, you know, it's, that's just tough. Though. That's sports. They want to keep it competitive. We get it. Um, I'm going to push back a little bit. I don't think JJ Watt's performance has dropped off that much. Um, I saw a chart here. I'm going to try to explain it to you a chart over podcast, which is really not the medium you need for this, but we have a graph here. Okay. We got the, the rate. I, I think I talked about the last, last episode. I got it right in front of me here. Double team rate. So how often does the defense put two guys, two blockers against you? And then pass rush win rate is how often do you do you beat your block? And that's on the, the y-axis here, okay? J.J. Watt is the highest double teamed player of any defensive end, according to ESPN. All right? And you would think that should, wow, that's probably hard to beat. Uh, no, he is... He is all alone in the top corner. He is the highest double-teamed player, and he's like 
fifth or sixth highest on pass rush win rate. So you have TJ Watt, his brother with Pittsburgh, had the highest last year. Jerry Hughes, number two, according to his ESPN metric. Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa. Uh, like these are elite, elite players here. And by the way, whether it's JJ Watt, whether it's someone else in the free agency, can you imagine what Jerry Hughes would be like if the other if the other team had to actually worry about the guy lined up on the other defensive end position? JJ Watt, or I'm sorry, uh, Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes has never like never had another guy out there that the defense had to worry about. Like they could just key on Jerry. Pretty much his entire his uh, well, they had Mario Williams for a while, and that was kind of nice. Um, but I mean, Shaq Lawson didn't do it. Mario Addison didn't do it. Like it's been it's been a couple years here. Like Jerry's kind of leaving them on an island. I guess. I guess. Um, well, and, and and you know what? Oh, you would love that, but I think I think JJ Watt. I'm almost not even that worried about the dollar value. Don't tell me you can't sign Josh Allen to an extension this year. Forget the extent. Go get JJ Watt. I am on that train. I think he's still got a lot left. He's not as good as he was, which was like absolutely unbelievable. But even if he's only very good, I go get him. Yeah, you know, I think the whole Josh Allen to a, a contract extension this season, no thanks, not right now. Same thing with the Stephon Diggs. I know that people are saying, oh, pay, you got to pay Stephon Diggs more. Look, the guy just came out this week and said he wants to win a Super Bowl like bad. So if he really wants to win a Super Bowl that bad, he'll understand that, hey, your team right now is in um, you know, some cap trouble. Just hang tight with us. We'll get you your you we'll get you money, just not this season. It might have to be next year. Mm-hmm. And just deal with it. Because next year, Buffalo, as of right now, and obviously that can all change based on who they sign and release and all that stuff. As of right now, Buffalo's got close to a hundred million dollars in cap space next season going into the offseason, which is a lot of money. And you can do a lot with yeah. that. Well, oh, that that's when you're going to have Josh Allen's extension. I think he's going to come in next year. So if you put like yeah, that's Josh Allen get, isn't getting a Deshaun. In my opinion, I don't think he's getting a Deshaun Watson contract right now. And maybe it's a bridge contract for Josh Maybe for Josh Allen. Maybe it's it's a three four year contract. And just kind of, I I don't think he's getting a Deshaun Watson contract or obviously a Patrick Mahomes contract. Yeah, well, well we're gonna see who does. Out. We're gonna see what happens this year. There's definitely people on Twitter who think he should be right up there making close to the Mahomes money. So, Listen, uh, if Josh Allen goes out and and the Bills go seventeen and zero this year, plus you know sweeping the playoffs, <laughs> and Josh Allen throws a hundred touchdowns, I will pay that man a billion dollars if we have to. I don't care. But right now, I, as good as I thought Josh Allen was, and as much as I think that he's going to be good, I'm not paying him that right now. And, and like you said, we got to wait to see what next season goes or happens. Right. But I'm not paying him that right now in this offseason with right. with Phil yeah. that'll, that'll be a whole episode down the road here, I think. But let me ask you this, Nick. So there's so many other guys out there that I feel like Buffalo could go after with that cast space on, on the defensive line and at the linebacker position. You yeah, know, I'm right now considering the fact that Buffalo is going to lose Matt Milano. I don't think Matt Milano comes back to the Buffalo Bills right now. I'm still, I'm still optimistic about that. I feel that the Bills know how much value Matt Milano brings to their defense and how perfect he is for Sean McDermott's defense. I think they know that. I'm still optimistic that he comes back. So I, well, I, I'm, I am not. I'm going to play it as I'm going to kind of mention this name as a guy who thinks that he is is not coming back. But, I mean, that's going to free up a little bit of money mm-hmm. uh, to go out and get some other players. But you look at the guys who are out there right now on the defensive line that could kind of come in and 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 fill a spot as an edge rusher, specifically right now, and not cost you as much as a guy yeah, like There's some good names out there. Well, you think of a guy like a like a Bud Dupree right now. I think Bud Dupree is a, a a name to keep an eye on for Buffalo at one point. I'm I'm all on the Bud Dupree bandwagon right now. Um, you know, he's going to cost him a little bit more money, but I'd rather have a 28 year old Bud Dupree over a 30 um, 32 year old JJ Watt right now. You also have a name, and I want to know what you think of this guy, Nick Jadavian Clowney. Yep, I'm uh, looking that up currently on my phone. Um, so Jadavian Clowney, according yeah. to Sports Track, is a uh, about a six and a half million dollar market value right now. So if you could get say say get get Jadavian Clowney at around seven, you know, even if you give him one year for an approve it deal, you know, what what are your thoughts on Jadavian Clowney over JJ Watt? Um, yeah, he's, he's one of the, one of the top names out there. And it's crazy to think that Clowney is like 
you know, option B or C for some teams. Because, you know, and if J.J. Watt wasn't available, which was a surprise, honestly, we'd be talking about Clowney this way. Um, Clowney's going to, you know, he's 28, definitely got the age going. You could get him for four years, and then he'd, then he'd be how old Watt's going to be. Um, I still think J.J. Watt's the big prize, but Jadavian Clowney is absolutely not, uh, you know, not, not, not a – What's the word I'm looking for? What what's what, what's a prize that you get when you're not the, the big prize? Silver medal. I, I, I guess I was thinking. I don't know why I'm thinking of like when you're at a fair and you win the goldfish. I don't know why that's. Um, the goldfish like, is never the big prize, man. Like the big teddy bear that was the size. Yeah, of well, that's what I mean. Like Jadavian Clowney is not some little goldfish, right? He's a he's a teddy bear too. That's what I'm saying. So so well, well let me ask you this then. So you know, you think Jadavian Clowney? You're, are you kind of holding him at the same standard as JJ Watt? Uh, I think Watt is, is is the best. I would rather have Watt because the Bills are in. The, I mean, they're in their Super Bowl window right now. You want the absolute best guy, and you try to fit them all under the cap. So I want JJ Watt. If they if JJ Watt ends up wanting to sign somewhere else, that's you know that's his right. You got Clownius out there. You got Leonard Williams, Justin Houston, Yannick Ngakwe, Ryan Kerrigan. You have guys out there, and there's a reason that everyone hits free agency. You know, there's. If it's that's one of the things why, why you know when people study this it seems the free agents are often overpaid for and it's well guess what their their team would have paid them the money and gave them that security first if they were that can't miss there's always some kind of knock on somebody in free agency so whether it's age but whatever there's some knock there and you're, you're kind of choosing your battle so if you, if you can't get the big prize i don't know what do you think about leonard williams or yannick Ngakwe? So I was going to ask you about Leonard Williams as well. I like Leonard Williams. Um, you know, I, I feel like he's another guy that you could bring in. But if you can go out and get me a guy like Jadavian Clowney, Nick, at, mm-hmm. at, like I said, six and a half, seven, and save some money, and let's say you lose Matt Milano and go and bring in a guy like Levante David, mm-hmm. I feel like, that, like that's a huge upgrade at the linebacker position for the Bills with Levante David. I don't know uh, how much you watched him in the Super Bowl, but the guy was all over the field. He's played over a thousand snaps in all but three seasons in the league. Um, he's had, had one and a half sacks this year, an interception, three forced fumbles, eighty-two tackles. I mean, the guy, the guy's a, a a force, and he's he's got some speed to him that I feel like Buffalo missed, and it definitely showed in that Kansas City game. And maybe Levante David. I'm not saying he's the the savior at linebacker, but maybe he's the guy that comes in. And, uh, and and is able to step in in Matt Milano's shoes for a few years while you go and draft a young linebacker and give him a couple of years to get up to speed. That's an interesting thought. I have wondered if they would target linebacker high in the draft because I suppose you're also kind of hedging your bet there on Tremaine Edmonds, who has been flashes. He's shown flashes of promise, but still hasn't become a great player yet. So, uh, that's an interesting idea to me when you pair it with drafting a linebacker. I I, I think that's an interesting way to go. I mean, I won't be shocked if they add some kind of depth to linebacker this year, in, in the, whether it's high end and someone to come in and place replace Milano, and they go and they get that guy early in free agency. I feel like you can't expect a rookie to step into that role, but I you can't expect them to go out and draft a guy who in my opinion, as a depth linebacker, like a guy like A.J. Klein, who looked many times this year like he did not belong on the football field, um, but also had times this year where he looked like he was a Pro Bowl linebacker. Um, but I feel like if, if you lose a guy like Matt Milano at his skill set, you need to go out and find a guy to replace him, not just a guy to fill the position. You have to find a suitable replacement for Matt Milano to help Tremaine Edmonds. Now, I will also say this, Nick. If the Bills can go out and get a solid guy to take that defensive end role on the other side of Jerry Hughes, you know, a guy like you said, like a J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt comes in, he's double teamed. That takes a lot of pressure off of Hughes. It's also going to take a lot of pressure off of big star Latulier who comes back this year. Mm -hmm. And Star saw a lot of double teams, which opened up a lot of room for Ed Oliver to come in. Yeah, he's a a big space eater. Exactly. Exactly. for, by the way, we're, we're taping this on a Thursday night. We're a day late from what we said on our Twitter. And the Sabres game is on in my house, and the Capitals just scored again. Sabres down 3 nothing now. Um, but can't wait to talk Sabres, man. So excited. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so so 
you know, Jar takes up a lot of that space, that's going to open up a lot of room. But again, if you have a, a, a double team guy like a JJ uh, uh, Watt, I feel like that's going to open up a lot of opportunity for Tremaine Edmonds to really show his skill set. Buffalo needs to get that pass rush. That's what they're missing. And, and I feel like they had no problem really this year coverage wise. They had a problem getting to the quarterback as much as Jerry Hughes and as good as Jerry Hughes was at, um, you know, his, his, his rushing percentage and his win rate, they have to do more. They have to be better. And I feel like either an edge rushing linebacker or somewhere on that defensive line, they got to make an upgrade. Talk to me elsewhere on the defensive line. I saw Kawan Short was released by Carolina. He was the guy who was there when McDermott was there. He could be could be a good fit at defensive tackle. I don't think he's going to be cheap. Uh, do you think they're looking to spend that defensive tackle to get a solid upgrade there, or is that somewhere they're going to kind of use what they have and, and try to do it inexpensively? If you're going to go out and get a guy like Kawan Short, I feel like he's a guy that you need to get towards the end of free agency. I feel like he's a guy that's going to be around for a while because a lot of teams are going to be in the same position as Buffalo where, you know, cap space is going to be a little bit limited and they're not going to want to spend all that money on a, uh, on a, uh, a 32 year old defensive tackle. I mean, he's, he was getting, he, he was on 16.1 million last year in Carolina. Um, I Which feel like probably contributes to his release too. Exactly. I think he was a cap casualty, but I do think that they need to find a way to upgrade that defensive tackle spot because I thought Ed Oliver looked better throughout the year when he had guys rotating in and out and helping him. And you can't expect that Oliver as good as what we think he should be. You can't expect him to, to play that every snap or even have a guy come in um, in case star isn't the same star as what he was the year right. you know, last year. Um but I, I like Quan Short if you can get him at a at a close to a vet minimum. Mm-hmm. On the back, I don't, end I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get close to a vet minimum. I think they they can make a lot of space by releasing um, Vernon Butler and Quentin Jefferson. Could probably both get cut, and that would open up a pretty pretty decent amount. I think fifteen, thirteen to fifteen million combined with the two of them. Yeah, I, I mean that that that's another two, and obviously you know John Brown. I think is going to end up being a cap casualty this year, but. Again, we'll talk more about that once we get down into the uh, free agency deep dive or offseason deep dive mm-hmm. that we're going to do. But yeah. uh, anything you know, else on defense you want to hit today? Any uh, secondary? Do we need? Are you looking for anything there? Is it all kind of depth? Look, I've been thinking about this as well. I'm good if Buffalo wants to do it again next season with what they had this year. Um. I'm okay if they say, hey, let's get rid of Josh Norman and bring in a guy like um, um, uh, 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 Richard Sherman. Man, I could not think of his name tonight. Richard Sherman. I'm okay if they want to bring Richard Sherman in for for, for Josh Norman. That's fine with me. My problem is going to be if they don't address that in the draft hmm. because they they have to bring in that Buffalo nickel type of big safety – small linebacker type of player, I feel like, if they're going to compete with Kansas City. Yeah, You're saying a guy who can cover Kelsey? Yeah. I, I mean, you, you you look at – there's some guys out there, you know, Cisco's a guy that I think of from Syracuse who could come in and play that that Buffalo nickel type of position. There, there's a number of guys out there who Buffalo could really go after. And it's a deep safety draft this year, surprisingly, which is not not something you usually say, but it's a, it's a deep safety draft. And once when we do our, our draft preview as well this offseason, we'll we'll talk more about all those guys. But I'd rather see them go after the back end of that defense in the draft as opposed to wasting that cap space in free agency. Yeah, I know you're you're not a big Levi Wallace fan, but he is a restricted free agent. He could be brought back for pretty cheap. Is that something you would like to see? I think they bring him back, and I think that he gets used as trade bait, trade bait to either move up at some point in you know the later rounds or something. But I, I feel like maybe Buffalo moves him uh, at some point this this offseason, whether they release wow. him or they, they – we'll see. I mean, look, I've seen a lot of people who have Buffalo trading back a million times in this draft and having 10, 15 picks. I don't see that happening. I also don't see Buffalo really moving back in the first round, but we know how Brandon Bean likes to operate that draft board. 
and likes to operate his way around that draft room. And he is all over the place. You know, whether he's trading a first round pick or he's moving up or moving down, he's got a he's got a plan. And whatever his plan is, you know, you know he's thinking about it right now while he's at home on his couch. Uh, but Nick, unfortunately, and I know it breaks your heart, we gotta talk some savers. Before we do that, we'll do something. Uh, we're gonna read an ad here. We have we want to tell you about Ethos Performance Rehab. Ethos Performance Rehab is the premier physical therapy service to athletes in Buffalo. Their out-of-network status allows them to work one-on-one with every athlete, every session. So if you are looking for injury treatment, maintenance, performance training, or really if you just want to hang out at Mustache Barbell and Fitness where they're located in Kenmore, great gym. Uh, I think you're going to fit in with the Ethos team. Check them out. there on Instagram, at Ethos Performance Rehab. If you want to take your, your training, your sports, your performance to the next level, or you want to get over an injury, definitely hit up Ethos. We recommend them here on the Process Podcast. Love it. Charlie, Love uh, it. one thing they can't, they can't help you with is uh, your ego as a Sabres fan. That takes a uh, different kind of therapy. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, Sabres fans need some help with that. Uh, what wh- what is happening? Uh, they are te- they look awful. They can't score their shot percentage. You would think every game you're like it has to come back to normal at some point, and it keeps. They just they can't finish. They can't defend. They they don't look like an NHL hockey team that deserves to be on the ice right now. What's what's happening? Talk to me. Calm me down. You know, so I've been going back and forth with a lot of people on Twitter this week about this. Um. And Nick, you you and I both, I don't want to say played like high level hockey, but we both we both played up there. So I feel like yeah, we both lots of people in Buffalo. Yeah, you'd be you say right. in Buffalo, everyone's like, oh, I play, I played <laughs> three years at Pee Wee Major. Like, yeah, yeah, I played Pee Wee's man. No, yeah, I mean which, I mean to, totally fine. Like every everyone in Buffalo feels like that, like like it's a very Canadian market where everyone's like, Oh, I know hockey. Like you know, right. I can dumb it down for me, which is cool i love that about buffalo so um but as we i feel like you're getting into coaching here because i honestly some of the time like people want to talk about coaching in the nhl like i don't know how much a coach really does like if you if you didn't have a coach and the guys just ran it themselves for a game like how much different would it really look you know i was thinking about that as well you and i talked about that um before and i don't think that it makes a huge difference right if there was no coach like if you're playing like Bar league rules with no, no coaches on the bench and the guys were just changing when they want to change would make the game a lot more a lot interesting. Um, but Jack Eichel would never come off the ice. No, Jack Eichel would be on the ice forever. But I will say I don't think that it's a coaching issue in Buffalo, and here's why: if you watch these games, the teams the team is getting chances. It's definitely not for a lack of chances, and those chances are generated by the system, right? I know people don't like that they dump and chase as much as they do. But they don't dump. They're not even in the top five, from what I have seen, uh, in in how much they're dumping and chasing. You know, their problem is when they get into the zone, they're missing the net. They're getting shots blocked. They're hitting hitting the post like we saw tonight early on in the game with two, two right back to back. Right, they can't keep doing that. And I feel like once Eichel starts going, maybe this thing changes. But as much as people want to point the finger at the coaching staff, you have to look at, and I, I'm going to get killed for saying this, Nick, but you have to look at the guys who all your money is invested in. And the main guy that I'm talking about right now, Nick, is Jack Eichel. I don't know why anyone would kill you for saying that. Jack does not look okay. I don't know if he's physically not right, if he's mentally not. Something's wrong with Jack Eichel. He looks you know, miserable, just miserable. If that's, you know, we're going to find a word. I know he's not, uh, you know, the smiliest guy normally, but looks miserable. And he also looks like he's probably dealing with something. So it might be a combination, but he looks like he's still got that burst. He's still faster than everyone, but he just doesn't, uh, man, you just watch, you watch highlights of Austin Matthews or something. Like it's, it's not even comparable. I mean, and Jack Eichel was supposed to come in and be this great player that people were like, oh, yo, you can't. And we talked about it a little bit this last week, Nick, but people kept saying, oh, well, if you're not going to go and get uh, Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel's a fine consolation prize. And he's not. He is not a fine consolation prize because you watch the thing that, that Connor McDavid does. Connor McDavid is able to score on a nightly basis and make it look easy. You know, Jack is having 
too many problems. You 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 look at the top of this this, this team, you know, cap wise, right? You have Eichel at ten million, Skinner at ten million, Hall at eight million, and Akpozo at six million. Those four guys alone are taking up forty one and a half percent of this team's salary cap. Those four guys, if I'm paying my top four guys that much money, I'm expecting them to go out and score on a nightly basis. Kyle Akpozo hasn't scored. I don't know how long. Jack Eichel, uh, T- Taylor Hall, for example, scored the first game of the season, hasn't scored a goal since. Buffalo finally got a goal tonight thanks to Victor Olsen, but guess what? It was on the power play. They can't score on five-on-five. Five. And I'm tired of everyone wanting to sit here and blame the system. It's not a system problem, guys. It's a player problem. As much as you want to sit here, you, you've changed your coach three times because of a certain player on this team. And that player is Jack Eichel. You you got rid of Dan Bilesma, who fine, you know, he wasn't doing a great job, was losing the locker room, whatever. You got rid of Dan's Bo- Dan Bilesma because Jack Eichel didn't like him. You know, at least that's from what I heard. You were in the media more at that time, Nick. You may may know a different story than me, but that's what I heard and read. Phil Housley apparently couldn't cut it, so you got rid of him after two years. What are you going to do? Continue to fire the coach until you finally get a coach in there that, you know, Jack likes? By the way, not- part of the reason they landed Taylor Hall was because they had this coach. Thank you. I And everyone likes Ralph Kruger. And from, from the arguments that I've had with some people on Twitter this week, it was, well, they like Jack or they, they, they like Ralph Kruger because he's easy on them. That has nothing to do with it, man. I don't think he's easy on them. I don't think this team is far off. The problem is they can't finish in the offensive zone. They need to find ways to finish. And whether that's taking pieces out and bringing pieces in, maybe that's what you need to do to shake this team up whether it's moving a guy like a Sam Reinhardt, who I think is a bigger part of this team, in my opinion, than what Jack Eichel has been. I'm fine. I, I, I'm i fine with moving Jack Eichel at this point. Wow. I'm fine with it. I'll, I'll say it right now. I am fine with moving Jack Eichel at this wow. point. I, I'm telling you, I feel like that is uh, Sabres suckhold derangement syndrome I'm talking right now. You are so miserable watching this team that you are ready to say, screw it. We're blowing it all up, and something as uh, illogical sounding as trading a guy like Jack Eichel is starting to sound good because uh, he's basically the only common denominator you have left in in all these years. I mean, think about this, right, Nick? Look at the Bills. We talked about how the Sabres' drought is starting to approach Bills' drought status, right? Like the Sabres are starting to feel like, oh, my gosh, we're never making the playoffs again. Think about this. What did the Bills do for years and years and years? They kept firing their coach. A lot of the players stayed, but they kept firing their coach. And what happened? They kept getting the same results year in, year out. No playoffs, you know, gave you a glimmer of hope, but nothing. Jack Eichel has been, like you said, that one common denominator that hasn't changed on this team. You fired the coach three times. You've had three different general managers. No one can get the job done, and you're telling me that it's the front office and coaching staff that can't get the job done? This is not a system thing. Sit here and point the finger all you want, but everyone's pointing the finger at the wrong person. The finger needs to be pointed at Jack Eichel. He's the captain of this team. He doesn't know, in my opinion, doesn't know how to be a captain. I've seen no leadership qualities out of him whatsoever. And I'm okay with Jack Eichel leaving. I am okay with it. You could get a lot of good pieces for Jack Geico right now. And at 23, he is in his prime, you know, starting his prime, and you can get a lot, a lot of good pieces for Jack Geico. Maybe Jack goes somewhere else and he becomes a Connor McDavid-esque player. But he is not that in Buffalo. Do you want to keep going? I mean, you're on on a roll. Anyone else want to trade? (laughs) Yeah, you know, no, no, no. They, they do need to bring in goaltending, though, as well. I don't think Allmark's bad. Um, Hutton is bad. <laughs> I will say that Hutton is bad. Um, but I don't think Allmark is terrible. Um, but I, I mean, you even look at, at the game the other night, the game, the second game against the Islanders, Nick. Mm-hmm. They also finally scores a goal down 2 0. They finally get a goal on the board. And what happens? Jack Eichel is offsides going into the zone. Now I think the NHL offside review rule is absolutely ridiculous because that play happened two minutes or, you know, 45 seconds before the goal was even scored. 
and did not impact the play whatsoever because Buffalo got into the zone and dumped it to the corner. So that, that offside didn't impact anything. But that is not a coaching problem. Jack, what's the one of the first things they teach you when you start getting higher, higher, you know, higher up in your in your hockey life, Nick? Drag your foot, skate across the blue line, whatever it might be. There's so many ways that you're taught early on in hockey how to stay on sides. I mean, this is hockey 101 crap. And if you, as a top player in this league, can't stay on sides when your team needs you to stay on sides the most, that's not on your coach. That's on you being a moron. <laughs> I mean, that's like such a little thing that you, you'd feel like is a freak accident that isn't repeatable. I get more worried that we are, you know, what, a month and a half into the season already and that the team looks like they don't know what their assignments are on defense. They look lost in the defensive zone. That's something to me that, that could be on coaching. It's like, how are you not drilling that into your guys yet? Like, how do they not know where to be on defense? It's not that they – it doesn't take any talent to skate yourself into the right position. They all have the legs that can get them there. It's that they're, they, their brains are telling them the wrong thing to do or that they, they don't realize what the situation is. That's right. really concerning to me. It's, and it's not like it's not one time that we just stands out. It's every single single game. We're, we, the, the first period of Washington game today, this is uh, Thursday, you know, first period, back and forth. And you're like, mm, just wait for it. Just wait for it. Sabres, something will happen. Somebody will get wide open. They'll have a breakdown on defense. What happens? Oh, puck comes out to Ovechkin, wide open in the slot. Beautiful first save, honestly. Great play. But re- rebound goes in because there was a breakdown. Like, you know that it's coming. It's so predictable. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this. Looking at, at, at you know, if the not that they will, right, because it's, it's, it can't happen cap-wise. You're not going to buy out your best player. But if they wanted to buy him out and couldn't trade him, you look at Jack Eichel, you buy him out uh, next season, at the end of next season, and he's it's only $2.5 against the cap next season. Why, why would you buy out Jack Eichel? Dude, I'm just trying to get rid of the damn guy. He would be the, one of the best players to ever be traded. I agree, but he's, he's not like playing. trading he's Gretzky. Not, what did you – so, not, not quite, but you know what I'm saying. It's like, like when, the elite players don't move like that in hockey usually. When it was Jack Eichel's draft year, though, yeah, I mean, the thought on Jack Eichel was, okay, this guy should have ninety to one hundred points a season. Easy. Yeah. Okay. This guy should be neck and neck from what scouts everyone was saying. This guy should be able to compete neck and neck with Connor McDavid. Have you seen any glimpses at anything like that from him? I mean, you're getting stretches of it for. Three games for a week I don't here watch and there. Stretches of it for a well, week. Well, I know. Well, that's what you asked. Have you seen it? Yeah, we've seen like a week of that. Have you seen it for a full season? No. Okay, or 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 let's say longer than a month of that. Have you seen a month of it? Um, you could probably go back and pick out like a good month, but it's it's just hard because a lot of his efforts are not. You know, why would you bust your butt to try to get another goal in a game where you're down five to one already? Like what, you know, it's just, it's tough when you're losing and your teammates suck and you're, you're out there and you feel like you're out there by yourself. That like, that is why it's been really concerning to me that even playing with Hall this year, playing with more skilled guys, he still doesn't look right. Like that's concerning to me is that he has elite talented players with him, and it's still not happening. I almost wish at some point, Jack Eichel should pull Taylor Hall and Rasmus Dahlin and maybe, you know, two or two other guys maybe into a, a room or whatever is COVID safe. Maybe it's a group chat or something. And you say, listen. A Zoom call? Uh, yeah. Well, FaceTime maybe. Say, listen, we have way more talent than anyone else on this team. We're going to do whatever the heck we want. And like – when us five are on the ice, we're going to have to win the game here, and we're going to have to hope that everybody else doesn't screw it up the rest of the time. And mm-hmm. I would I would love – we everyone in Buffalo would relish if Jack Eichel said, guess what, guys, I'm taking over. It's I'm going to score three goals today. I'm going to score – I'm going to score you know, on this shift. I couldn't believe the other day – and this is, this is a little bit of a, of a tangent here. 
uh, they didn't. The game against the Islanders, they were losing going into the third period and didn't put a shot on net in the third period. Jack Eichel should have a shot every single period himself. Taylor Hall should have one shot every single period himself. All right, it's not like bar league where you can think I need to shoot every shift before I come off the ice. But like that's how good these guys are. They should be shooting every period. Put it on that. Don't get a, like. Just tell. Get your group, say, listen, we're taking over the game, all right? I can't believe this team misses Rasmus Ristolainen. Like, what a thing to say. That's where we are. Do you, we, really, do you really think that, though? I mean, I'll be yeah. honest. The, the one bright side of this team, I will say, the last – man, Darlene, Darlene just looked bad, man. Like, he, Dude, he's, he's so a lot of place. He's so talented. You see the, the skills – but he just doesn't – he's not processing fast enough. And also, he needs to get in the weight room. Holy cow. Rasmus Dahlin needs to get on the lifting plan. Yeah. These guys look pissed. Like, I'm like the game just ended. Buffalo lost 3-1. to one. They're coming off the ice. They look pissed. But Good. Getting, 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 pissed every day ice, sucks. getting pissed coming off the ice does nothing if you have no emotion on the ice. I haven't seen one guy on this team get angry on the ice. No one cares. That's what it seems like. No one cares. Yeah, they're probably exhausted from having to play so many games in a row because the NHL screwed them on COVID and didn't even apologize. Well, you know, they, they care more going to the locker room, and that's fine and dandy. But you know what? Give a shit on the ice. <laughs> you know, we've had some cussing on the show, so I could say the S word. I don't care. <laughs> But you know uh, yeah, but you're you're right. But this is like the same thing we've been saying for how you like literally years and years and years, and nothing has changed. You expect more out of out of your captain, first of all. Like again, it starts with Jack. Like you said, sure, get the team together. I don't care at this point. We need to have a closed door meeting with your entire team after practice. Say what the heck is going on here? Uh, what what are they doing wrong? I I personally feel, and Travis Yost obviously disagrees with me based on his tweet. He says the Sabres front office has to be sick. This team has so many holes. I don't think they have so many holes. I don't. I, I don't think they're missing that many pieces. I think goaltending is obviously one. You have a – They're not giving up an absurd number of goals. No. But they and it's the offensive side of the game right now. Like your, your, your offense can't produce. There's yeah. no reason why your offense in three games should have two goals in three games. They they have to be one of like the most the most likely team to lose three to one every single game, like that like they're not getting shelled. It's not like eight nothing. Like no, they'll keep it close. They just won't score three three right. one. Sounds right. They're they're in every game and they need to find a way to to win. I I mean, at this point, is Darlene's contract up this year? Or is it up next year? I don't know offhand. Uh, I will look that up real quick. I would think it's got to be longer, right? He becomes an RFA after this season. Yeah, he'll be back. I mean, as an RFA, yeah, I think he'll be back. He was a 1-1 draft pick. You can't just let that guy go. You finally won a draft lottery. You can't do it. I'm so ready to move the whole team at this point. Just bring me in. I don't care what you need to do. Go get get guys. John Gibson wants out of of, uh, uh, Anaheim. Anaheim. I mean – John Gibson's an upgrade over what they have in net. Sure. I will say what I was trying to get at before, though, Nick, the one bright spot in these last couple of games is Will Borgen looks like he can play in the in the NHL. Yes, you are a fan. And I am a Will Borgen fan. I tweeted that this week, that that, that is the one bright spot. And I think Will Borgen has a chance to be a top-four defenseman for this team. But, I mean, at this point, Nick, you could put half the guys that we've played men's league hockey week back there, and they could be top-four defensemen on this team. You know, they also may be able to score some goals. But, I, I mean, what what else? Ten, I, I I just keep asking the question to myself, to you, to, 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 to the Twitter machine, to everybody. Like, what else does this team need to do? I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think they could use um, a little bit of loosening of the system, right? Once you start losing, eventually you get numb to losing. And, like, that doesn't – like, losing doesn't matter to you anymore. So why not take more chances? Why not do something to try to get some goals? Like, the, usually the negative would be like, well, we could get scored on and we could lose if, if that happens. But at some point, who cares? We're going to lose anyway. Take it – like, they need to create offense. Like, that That definitely hangs over a team when you know that you can't – your team just can't score. You need to kind of break the dam open at some point. So – 
let me let me ask you this question. Hang some guys. I don't know to you know leave the zone early, start flying for a breakaway, pinch, try to intercept the pass. What does it matter? You need scoring. Do you think that you know it's kind of time to start seeing like angry Ralph Kruger? Like, does Ralph Kruger just need to walk in that locker room and start flipping tables, Herb Brooks style in the in Miracle, and be like, (laughs) you know? You know, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know the, the players in the Sabres well enough to know if they would respond to that kind of stuff. But also, uh, the coach is over sixty years old and just was symptomatic with COVID. So maybe, like, no, don't, don't exert yourself in that way, Ralph. Please, like, take Fine. care of yourself. Adams comes down, the Pagulas come down. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. There we go. Let Kevin Adams, the the GM who was hired without a search. Uh, let him flip the tables. All right. And I'm not putting any of this on Kevin Adams either, man. Like it, he's not the blame. He, he, in my opinion, he inherited this team. He had one off season of you know really no cap space and went out and got the top free agent out there. Right. And it's, it's, yeah, that, it's success, right? You can't. The problem is that top free agent right now is not produced on your team. I was thinking and, about that the other day. It's tough because you don't want to be too like you can't be mad at him. He hasn't really had enough time to mess anything up, but you're still so mad at the situation and he's going to catch some of that for sure. But it's like, like everyone else is gone. We're in a Tim, uh, 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 what's his name? Tim Murray situation here where <laughs> you're going to keep hearing, Oh, the Sabres are looking at this. Oh, the Sabres are, they're trying to do something, but no one wants to do business with them. And I kind of feel like that's where we are because unless Buffalo is willing to move guys like Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, and those top prospects that aren't producing, you know, teams are going to be like, well, we don't want Cody Eakin. Hmm. You know, we don't want a first-round pick. I That's the other thing, too. I'm tired of building through the draft. I'm tired of, of people that saying, well, so long in hockey. rebuild this team, build through the draft. No, stop building through the draft. That hasn't worked for this team. That's what they tried to do. And in all honesty, Nick, outside of getting Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl looking like a competent hockey player right now in, in, in them two looking like a very good pair, in the NHL. It didn't really work in Edmonton either. They had one good year with McDavid and I believe it was his rookie year that they made it to uh, the playoffs and took, you know, made a pretty deep dive into the playoffs. Yeah, And they've had a lot of high draft picks who were sent out of town because they didn't work. They had, Taylor Hall was one of them. Um, I mean, how many guys can you, can you think of who are former top five Oilers picks? Right. But they need to do something. And I'm not going to sit here and put the blame on, on the coach staff. The only place I will say something about the coaching staff is why the heck is Tage Thompson playing on that first line? I I, I don't understand that. Now I don't. don't you don't want backhand passes to no one in your defensive zone right across the crease. That's bad. So if you guys if you guys didn't see it tonight, uh, if you missed the game, or whatever, you got to go just just look up Tage Thompson on Twitter because it'll come right up. But Tage Thompson was in the corner, made a backhand pass to the slot. To right on the tape, beautiful pass, but it was in the wrong wrong uh, part of the ice, right on the tape to Tom, to Tom Wilson. And what baffled me even more about all of this is not what the pass that Tage Thompson made. It was what Tom Wilson did with the puck right in front of the net, fakes the goalie out, has the whole net wide open. All he had to do was roof the backhand, and he drop passes it about you know right up, right up to the top of the circle, and they don't even get a shot off. He just he didn't want Tage to be on the highlight shows for the wrong reasons, right? He was looking out for Tage. Oh, dude, that pass already all over the Twitter machine. Like he's screwed. Like it, it's there forever, and people are calling that that you know they need to move um, Tage to Siberia. Can we trade him to Siberia? I mean, I don't know. Can um, is there an NHL to KHL trade process? Maybe, maybe, maybe. There's some, but I will say they they need to figure something out. Um, one way or the other. If if they decide to fire the coach, fine. Is that going to be the answer? In my opinion, no. No, I don't think you're going to see any, any way, different. Quick, quick insert there. We don't know if the how the Pagulas are doing financially. So right. there's there's been whispers all the whole pandemic. They made some moves that were viewed as uh, cheaper moves. Uh, cheap, yeah. Are they hurting for money? We know their their industry is not doing well right now. Would they fire the coach and pay him to not coach? Like that's we don't know. I have a crazy feeling, like what Joe said on the show, and I was talking to another friend of mine this week about it. 
I have a crazy feeling that instead of letting him go and paying him to not coach, they're going to move his role to something in the front office so that they can continue to pay him as a president of hockey ops, whatever it might be. I don't think that his evaluation of talent is bad either. Like I I'm for, I don't know why I can't put my finger on it, but I am a fan of Ralph Kruger. He's a guy that I would not mind playing for, you know, if I was lucky enough to be playing in the NHL, um, you know, he's a guy that I, again, the players seem to like, and you said it yourself, Taylor Hall signed here because of Ralph Kruger. Mm-hmm. So he's respected by, you know, the guys on this team. So again, you want to sit down. People want to point fingers, pointing your fingers at the coaching staff and this GM is the wrong people to point the fingers at. The fingers need to be pointed to the guys on the ice who are the guys that are supposed to be shooting the puck. The guys are that are supposed to be scoring the goals. Your co- head coach can't score your goals. Mm-hmm. They just draw the plays to get you down there to score the goal, and if you can't finish, can't finish. But Do you have any any other fingers we'd like to point? I like to point one finger at uh, the Buffalo Sabers broadcast in game ads. I don't know how long we need to suffer through this. Okay, the Sabers are hard enough to watch because of the team on the ice. The broadcast can't make them even less watchable. These ads, and I cannot emphasize this enough, are the worst in the, the worst broadcast feature I have seen in sports in a long time. Okay, the ad comes in. It shifts the entire screen in play to give you an ad and then comes out like, th- I don't know, four seconds later, right? And so as the guy's skating down the ice, the screen moves. He's still progressing. He moves backward on your screen, and but then he keeps going. But then the, the ad comes back out, and it's just just the worst possible. Like user experience was, was absolutely the last thought here. They were like, we need to get any money any way we possibly can. You, the viewers? Screw them. We'll just mess with the game while it's on TV. Like someone needs to fix that ad. I, okay. You can just you can just bring it up over. You can just put it on over the screen as long as it's like a little bit see-through and then just, just fade it back off. That would be fine. Don't move the screen while the players are moving. I'll say this to you, Nick, and you said it yourself. We don't know how much the Sabres and the Pagulas are hurting for money. Sure. And just like do it better. There's so there's so much like they had two weeks off for COVID and they didn't they didn't fix like the worst thing that's ever been seen. Like I don't they, they got it, they gotta make money right now. And that's the only way they know how to make money, then do it until they put some butts in the seat, which sounds yeah. like all right. something that's happening this year. Free free okay, I'm giving you the, the free fix, all right? You don't have to move the whole screen, just bring it up over the, the L bar over the corner and just have it like the change the opacity a little bit. So you can still see if somebody skates, you know, they're not off screen. They're just behind this blue bar. And then there you go. Don't Why don't they just put it on the ice somewhere? Like they have the ability or put it behind the glass, like what they were doing last year. I'm sure this is uh, like in, in game, like even, even if they were to do it, you know, before a face off or something like that's, that would make sense. Cause at least you're, you know, you, the play isn't moving, but I feel like the in game of it must be, must be valuable to sell, but it just, it's horrible. It's horrible to watch. The team is hard enough to watch without the broadcast. Man, we had so many things. More. I'm not going to talk about it right now. That's that's enough for one day. Let's wrap it up here. We're, we're wrapping so, up. So we're going to start a new segment, guys, this week. Uh, don't have a name for it yet. We'll, we'll have to call it the name. Uh, but we'll call it your, 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 your fun stat, crazy stat of the week uh, for you to tell all your crazy – lovely friends about, but this stat comes on the verge of today's trade in the NFL for uh, Carson Wentz going to the Indianapolis Colts, uh, which is crazy to even think about in the first place for how good he was a few years ago when he was in the MVP conversation. Um, But a stat I found fairly, there's actually two stats here, Nick, that I found interesting. The first stat, um, 22 quarterbacks were drafted in the first round from 2009 to 2016, okay. none of those quarterbacks remain with the team that drafted them. Wow. And, Nick, I'm going to name you those quarterbacks. Hit me. Let's, let's go through some epic failures and probably Two, some decent players who just got traded. 2009 was Matt Stafford, Mark Sanchez, and Josh Freeman. Ooh. So you got you got butt fumble and a guy who didn't turn out to be much of anything. The and, and Stafford, who was also just traded this offseason. Okay. 
2010, you got Sam Bradford, who just made a boatload of money and was never any good. And uh, Tim Tebow, who just actually retired from baseball today. That's right. Enjoy retirement, Tim Tebow. Uh, 2011, you had Cam Newton, Jake Locker, who retired very early, Blaine Gabbard, who just won a Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> and Christian Ponder. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Did you see Blaine Gabbard's uh, Instagram post before the Super Bowl? No. It was a picture of him and Tom Brady in the tunnel. His caption was, this is Blaine freaking Gabbard, who's like the least relevant quarterback. Real G's move in silence like lasagna. <laughs> it was like, dude, are you, you have to be kidding. Like, you were so relevant that we just forgot you existed on this team. And you have the, uh, like, people were saying, I wish I had, like, the, the confidence in life that Blaine Gabbard must have to post something like that audacious. Like, did you see him playing play Tom Brady's bodyguard? No. Uh, yeah, so when the whole drunk Tom Brady thing, he wasn't drunk. Oh, that's who it was? Yeah, Blaine, that was Blaine Gabbard. He's playing his oh, bodyguard. didn't even oh, recognize him. Yeah, Didn't right? Like, <laughs> no I one knows was like from, from, from team staff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that was Blaine Gabbard. That was Blaine Gabbard. So just won a Super Bowl, drafted by the Jags. Obviously couldn't do much there. Not many quarterbacks have. And I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to be any better. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Hot take. Uh, then 2012, you had Andrew Luck, who just retired uh, a couple of seasons ago, Robert Griffin III, and Ryan Tannehill, and Brandon Wheaton, who didn't turn out to be much of anything in Cleveland, much like the quarterbacks that have gone to Cleveland. 2013, there was only one quarterback taken that year in the first round. And Nick, do you know who it was? He did. It was, but it was EJ Manuel. Yeah. Uh, the only quarterback drafted in the first round. And the fact that Buffalo traded down. And he was still the only quarterback drafted in the first round. Really surprised. Yeah, if there's not competition for your guy, like that's that's a problem. Yeah, that, that's an issue. 2014, you had Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel, and Teddy Bridgewater. 2015, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. And uh, 2016, you had the other traded quarterback this offseason, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, who was traded, and no longer in the league, Paxton Lynch. Yikes. Uh, so – Kind of crazy. There, there were three quarterbacks taking the first round of 2017 for what it's worth, Nick. Uh, Mitch Trubinsky and Deshaun Watson, uh, who may both be with different teams next year. And, uh, you know, and obviously Patrick Mahomes is not leaving anytime soon. So he may be the only quarterback since the 2017 or, or since uh, from 20, 2009 to 2017 to actually stay with his team that drafted him. Crazy. My, my other crazy stat I got for you, real quick, Nick, is. With the Eagles trade today of Carson Wentz, they're going to carry a $3.8 million dead money cap charge. How much? Uh, three point thirty. I'm sorry. Thank you for catching me. $33.8 million. $33.8. Imagine hating a guy so much you would take a $33 million penalty to have him play against you. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, at least they moved to the AFC and they didn't move to, like, Washington. Yeah, I'm super not worried about the Colts with him as quarterback. And I mean, Frank, Frank Reich was, is like the only factor that makes it somewhat yeah, dangerous. I, I would agree with you. I'm not too worried about him as a quarterback. I'm worried about him with Frank Reich more so than than anything. Um, now, that will be the largest debt, uh, dead money cap charge in NFL history. The previous record, Nick, would have been $22.2 million by the Rams, which they're going to carry this year for trading Jared Goff. Ah, Yes. The 2016 draft was a quite an interesting oh, draft. Yeah. Tell me again about the seller cap going down and how that's going to hurt business. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it did go up this year to, uh, like, as we said earlier, to $180 million. So we'll see what that can do. Um, but I, I thought that that was an absolute, you know, two absolute crazy stats today. Credit to uh, Dan Graziano uh, for the cap hit and um, Field Yates for the. 2009 to 2016 quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, man, that's about it. Sabres lose again, three to one. Um, I'm ready to trade everyone and not pointing fingers at the coaching staff and go Bills at this point. <laughs> I don't know what else, man. Hey, pitchers um, and catchers this week is baseball season. Dude, I'm excited. At least, you know, at least my Braves should look somewhat decent. And, you know, you're a Yankees fan, which is a problem in itself. But, um, you know, I'm just excited that that maybe I can watch some winning sports for a while. And, uh, you know, baseball coming back is, is more of a return to normalcy. So, but guys, we appreciate you as always tuning into the Process Podcast. I'm Charlie. That's Nick. 
This is the Process Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica or myself at Chowit68. Um, remember to like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff uh, wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it's Spotify, Apple, anywhere else. Uh, send us any questions, comments, concerns maybe, whatever it might be. Send it to us at the process pod on Twitter once again. And remember to always trust the process. <laughs>